Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by Lorenzati Coffee. Guys, if you like premium Italian coffee, but you hate going to these corporate, poorly managed, poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line, you're going to love Lorenzati Coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to lorenzati.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Go to lorenzotti.coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And I have another very special guest, a dear friend of the show today, a dear friend for a number of reasons. He's a fan of the show. He's served in the military and he's taken a lot of the pressure off of me. I have to do basically no show prep for for these interviews, which is why one of the reasons I love him. So I'm delighted to bring on Aaron Gardner. How you doing, man? Hey, not too bad, man. So um, tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself, because um, I didn't know who you were until you hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> no offense. No, 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 that's OK, because not many people know about me uh, and know what I'm trying to do or who I'm with or what I'm doing. And uh, that's kind of why I hit you up is it, it's important to get our voices out there, I think. Uh, but yeah, so I'm Aaron, Aaron Gardner. I'm uh, I'm an IT professional. I've been in IT for, oh, man, since I was about 15 years old, I started working on computers and like really getting serious about computers. But I joined the army when I was 17 and left and went to some glorious, wonderful desert whole countries and uh, got to spend a lot of time overseas and, and spend some time stateside fighting for our country and well, what I thought was our country, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, and using my skills and computers to try to move and maneuver around uh, the battlefield. So yeah. Tell me a little bit about what you did for the military. What was your role? I've had three jobs in the army and that was, uh, I was on 11 Bravo, which is basically kick doors in, shoot people in the face. 
Nice. And then, it's always fun. <laughs> I mean, that's what people sign up for the Army, right? They, they, you don't play Army if you're not planning on doing that. Uh, and then I was a communications specialist. So I worked on radios and satellites and antennas and uh, all that. And then I, my final little bit of my career, I was a 25 Bravo, which is a information technology specialist. So all the computers, everything I've been working on, really, I just kind of specialized uh, my last little bit of my career. Gotcha. And so you were involved in some of the longest wars in American history. Is that correct? Yeah, no, uh, actually, I remember where I was when uh, 9-11 happened. And I still look back at that day and look, that's the day that I decided I was going to enlist. And that was really, yeah, that was seventh grade. I was in seventh grade when that war started. Oh, so you had a, you had a while to wait, huh? Yeah. You're, yep. you're a spring chicken. <laughs> yep. I was. And then, you know, you kind of take that red pill and you just drive down. Well, I'm fighting for my country and until you get to it. <laughs> so where, where were you first stationed? Uh, my first duty assignment, well, I was straight out of straight out of AIT. I went straight to Ramadi, Iraq. Okay. Yep. So I, in fact, I got married like a dummy, 18 years old, got married and, uh, and ended up in Iraq right after my wedding. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one. That was, that was a fun explanation to the new wife too. Yeah. So you said that the 9-11 was the driving factor to, to get you to join. Yeah. How long did you stay? Did you re-enlist? I re-enlisted multiple times, actually. I uh, Actually, I just got out this year as of May, this past year. Oh, wow. Okay. Past year. I did eight years on active duty and six years in the reserves. When you were over there, I, I take it you went in as a Republican or neocon, some, some along those lines? Yeah, or were you politically so. oriented at all? No, I was... I. I don't know. As a kid, I was always politically oriented, right? I was always paying attention to what was happening. Um, and then going into the military, yeah, you're kind of red. You're 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 definitely a conservative. Trying to you you think what you're you're thinking of conservative values, but you're not really sure, I guess, because you're 18. You're you're right. a young kid. You know you don't you don't know anything. What's really up and down in the world? So you're you're really being just told what is going on and you just have to make a decision. Yeah. And and so was there a certain moment when you were overseas or deployed where things kind of came into focus for you and, and you realized that you'd been, uh, I don't know, duped. Is uh, it, can I put it that way? Yeah, no, I guess you can. No, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's funny. Cause it's, it, it's not, it's rather recent. Okay. That, that I've really had that, that feeling. Um, I mean, I was, I was introduced to libertarianism long before I was, you know, I was hanging out with friends that were military that were a little more center, you know, more libertarian than, than anything else. And I had a firm belief in, in libertarian values. I just didn't know it. Uh, partially because of things that I've seen, things that I've done. Um, but then I had a friend of mine who introduced me. I was in Italy at the time. He uh, he showed he kind of showed me a little bit about libertarianism and just not giving a damn about the thing about anything. And you know, like that's that's all BS and that's all BS. And you, know, you have to find the truth in the middle somewhere. And everything you're reading is garbage. Like, and you you wrapped up in Italy, is that right? Uh, no, actually, uh, I came back from Italy and. 
uh, I was in Oklahoma for another uh, two years ish. That must have been a rough transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially since I the moment I got back to Oklahoma, they uh, they moved. I ended up back overseas, and I was in UAE oh. for, for another deployment in a tent city. You know, basically just sitting there watching Iran when they got the uh, got the okay from the Obama administration to yeah their power. So. Was there a big libertarian presence in the army? Because I know, you know, Ron Paul got more active military votes than all the other Republican candidates combined when he was running, I think in 2012, right? Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely, I I think it's hard because, you know, they, you're told so much. You're only told so much about like your mission and what you're doing and, you know, they compartmentalize everything. And they're really good at compartmentalizing your missions. So you don't see the whole picture. Uh, so I think that you, there is a big group of people that are just, you know, you know, want to tell the establishment to fuck off. But at the same time, the establishment is also what's paying their paycheck, putting food on their tables, just as much as, you know, the, the far left, you know, the far left establishment is putting food on the tables and paying, you know, wanting to pay all this money into uh, your, your welfare. So it's, I think both sides, it's a, it's a welfare state on both sides. One is just, you have to do something for your country to get what you want. And the other is you don't have to do shit. <laughs> so I, I think, I think that the, I think there is a, there is a, a lot of libertarians in the military somewhere. Uh, they're just kind of overshadowed. They're, they're yeah. sitting there, you know, and, and the higher ups tend to be a little more far right because they've been living this way too long. What would you say is like the most, the, the thing that surprised you the most when you, when you signed up after you got in there that you weren't uh, expecting, I guess. Well, I don't know. I was always kind of expecting to blow stuff up and, and uh, walk away. Like it was, you know, like an eighties movie, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, no, I, how it I, works. I, yeah, no, that's not how it works at all. There's ringing in your ears. It sucks. <laughs> uh, I think the, the thing that really surprised me the most was just how backwards things can be. I've always, today, even my wife and I, we, we have conversations and I try to get her to think outside the box, think of other things other than what ABC News is telling you or what NBC is saying or Fox News. Over there in, in putting on the uniform, you have so many people that just tell you what to do, but they, at the same time, they try to get you to think. And it's, it's a weird, it's a weird like mind fuck really. Like they, they try to get you to think for yourself, but if you don't do what you're told, then you're in trouble, you know? And, you know yeah. I, I always tell Katie and my wife, I always tell her like, man, if I, uh, there's, there's certain things that happen. And if you don't do it right, people die. That's not necessarily the truth. I mean, there's plenty of things that you could have done. Like Edward Snowden, actually, all the things that he did, everyone was saying, and I, I was in Europe when, when he came out and put that, put everything out there. Mm-hmm. And I was worried because I was being told that he was the enemy and he was putting all this, all this information out there that was going to get us all killed. Is there some form of collateral damage? Maybe, but bottom line is it, it's not, you shouldn't worry about the blood that's lost for the grand scheme of things. Like if there's, if there's one person that dies because someone spread information out that needed to be spread for a greater cause, 
that's that, that soldier's a pawn anyway. Yeah. I, I came I came to that conclusion just recently. I was watching I was watching the Snowden actually and kind of watching some of the news and things that are happening right now with uh, Beirut, Trump and Biden and all these things that, that happened. And I'm like, man, and I looked right at my wife and I told her, I've never felt more used in my life than right now. Because like I said, they compartmentalize your missions. You know, so every mission that you have just has one mission and, and one goal. And that's what you do and you do it and you do it well. And as long as you do it well, people live, but people died, you know, and uh, I was watching, uh, the, I was involved with, uh, with Gaddafi when the NATO took out Omar Gaddafi. I was there, I was in Europe. My part of my mission was to hang out with NATO and help this whole thing orchestrate. And now looking back into it, I'm starting to really wonder why is he the enemy? You know, uh, because he stood up for something or he stood up against something. What, what did he really do? And it looks as of now with everything that's starting to come out, it looks like he stood up against people who have power and said that they're going to put, you know, use your country for whatever they want to use it for. And you have no choice. Yeah. You know, uh, which goes against everything I stand for. So tell me a little bit about the, so the whole like mindset mental aspect of just sort of waking up every morning, knowing that, you know, this could be the day where, you know, something happens to you could be the last time you, you walk out that door. Did you do something special to like mentally prepare for that every day or did it affect you at all? No, to be honest, I rolled out of bed. Like it was just any other day, shaved, it, huh? just kind of moved down with life. You know, it took a took a cold shower and with with the water from the buckets, and then in the showers that were just sandy. I mean, there you weren't really ever clean in the shower, uh, so you you just kind of mopped around as you could. You know, so a situation where you felt dirtier after the shower than before you went in. Oh, for sure, yeah, and not in a good way, right? Yeah, well, I've stayed with a couple of buddies of mine in the past where I was like, yeah, I, I feel worse after this shower. Yeah. They'll do a towels and shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and it's the worst. And, you know, like the, the, the sand gets into everything over there. Yeah. So you can't, you, you can't get away from it. And then it just muds down when it's wet. And Ramadi, Ramadi has a wet winter. And it's horrible when it rains. Like you have monsoon season stuff, you know, walking through uh walking through ponds just try to get to my shop <laughs> it was bad i've never worn my wet weather gear except for in ramadi okay <laughs> but yet you kept signing up yeah um they pay really well kind of <laughs> and and what was the <laughs> what was the transition like coming back to civilian life oh no that was uh that was probably the hardest part was coming back into civilian life uh, in fact, when I left Oklahoma, when I was getting ready to leave Oklahoma, I had a, I had a little spat with my commander. We weren't 100% on the same page with each other, and I was ready to leave. And I was ready to quit and, and leave the Army because leadership in the Army tends to be like an Ouroboros, right? It just, it's just a snake that just eats its tail away at all times. And so I was ready to bounce. I was, I was peacing out, and I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. And I was walking out, and then... A, reserve recruiter grabbed me and said, Hey, uh, on my last day, I was, I was walking out the door. I was done. He goes, I'll give you 20 grand. If you sign reserves, how long? And he said, six years. And I went, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and he goes, how about 10 for three? I said one week in the month 
I show up. Cool. All right. I can do, I can do 10 grand for three years. Yeah. Then my dumb ass went and signed another three-year contract because they waved a promotion in front of my face. So they, they really, <laughs> uh, they really get you, huh? They really try to try to keep you on. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it, once you're seasoned, right. They, they kind of want to have you be there to help uh, indoctrinate the rest of the soldiers. Yeah. Makes sense from their perspective why right. they want to keep you on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. Indoctrinations, they're the best thing that they're at. The the best thing that they're good at. I remember all of the the cadences that we used to sing as we were running through. You know, all of it, all of it is just just this mind fuck to indoctrinate you into what they want you to be. Are you glad <laughs> it's over? Yeah. No. One hundred percent. I'm I'm so happy to be out of the army. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad that I did it uh, just because when you look around and you look around at what's going on in this country and you're like, something's going to pop off and I need to be prepared. And who better to be prepared than someone who's already pulled the trigger once or twice? You know, so uh, I'm, I'm ready to I'm, I'm ready to hunker down in my building and my house here with my family and you know, hope nothing comes my way. But. Yeah, it's looking like more and more like something could happen. Yeah, especially with um, with what's going on with some of these election challenges now that that are coming down the pike, it could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Yeah, no, for sure. And then no matter which way you go, you can't tell which you can't tell which way's up. If I just I was just watching just watching uh, ABC just a little bit ago, and they're they're saying how some of these cases are being thrown out, and but at the same time, I'm watching some of the cases still, and I'm like, I don't know how they're being thrown out, and what cases, which cases are which. I yeah. just wish confusion would end, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not getting a lot of the, the coverage down here in Mexico, but from what I can tell, the media is just doing a horrible job of covering it if they attempt to do it at all. And I think, I don't think they are, man. I, I think that, I think that they're just covering they're they're covering their niche of what they want to push. And that's it. And that's how they've always done it. I think. Yeah. And I, I think there might be some, I, yeah, I don't want to get too far into this because that's not really what we, uh, are supposed to talk about today but i think there's some pretty uh important rulings coming up in the next um like week or two that could surprise a lot of people and since the media is not covering like nobody knows that any of this is going to happen and it could really blindside some people yeah we'll, no, yeah we'll, sure. we'll see what happens i don't have a lot of faith in the uh, judicial system is that well, i understand you don't have a faith you don't have really much faith in in anything on the democratic democratic side of things that is true <laughs> that is true i am no fan of democracy <laughs> um have you what did being in the military cause you to lose faith in any of these institutions um yeah no i think being in the military caused me to lose faith in a lot of things uh i lost my my actual faith Right. So being deployed, I lost my, my faith in God and thank God my wife has brought me back. But, uh, and then I, I've, I, I just don't trust what people have to say who, because they have bars on their shoulders anymore. I've worked with, with officers who are younger than me and I've had to show them how to do certain things just because they didn't know. And I know that, you know, walking or, we're walking, watching these people, watching some of these people up here who are in power because we, we allow them to, right. Or because they have more money and they don't know, like this whole virus thing thing was not, nobody knew what was happening or what was going to happen. 
and nobody can actually take a firm stance on it. We all have to sit back and kind of wait and watch. You know, why, why are we f- forcing masks on people, you know, for a disease, you know, a virus that's killing less than 1% of the population? And I, and I get it. People get it. I understand that the virus is, is horrendous for people who get it, but it, it's not, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to see people and just trust what they have to say or look at them. Yeah. Just a blind trust and authority. Yeah. No, well, that's good. Something good came out of this service then. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think so too. I, I think, uh, I think, I think that's, that's true enough with a lot of soldiers who come out when they, they come out with light, right. They come out enlightened a little bit to the world because they've been there, they've done it and they watch the news and they see what's actually happening. They're in those, there's, they're in those countries and they know what's actually happening. They know that they're shaking hands and talking to these people but the news is portraying that we're killing them or, you know, uh, the other way around that they're killing us. But let's take a quick break for a second because I have a brand new sponsor that I am very excited to have them on board. And I think all of you smokers out there listening to the Peddling Fiction podcast are going to love this product as well. We're getting into a a time of year where it's freezing cold outside. Maybe you don't want to have to go outside the bar or the restaurant or your office or wherever you're at to go get that nicotine fix. Instead of doing all that, all you have to do now is grab one of your Zipix toothpicks. These are nicotine-laced flavored toothpicks that were created in 1993 in a pharmacy, and they are FDA registered, which is pretty cool. So basically, you can take these to help curve your cravings for, for nicotine for all you smokers out there. They come in six delicious flavors. I know he's got a whiskey one that I'm pretty excited to try out. But each toothpick, and this is really cool, each toothpick is infused under like a vacuum with with nicotine and flavor. And you can use it anywhere you can't use a cigarette. So uh, I know for people that are suffering over there in Chicago, it's about to get pretty damn cold outside. And you maybe you don't want to go outside to smoke the cigarette. You can pop one of these in your mouth wherever you are. You don't have to worry about smelling like cigarettes, tasting like cigarettes. You'll keep your teeth nice and white, and you can still curve those uh, nicotine cravings. So I'm, I'm really excited about this. I'm Personally, I'm not a smoker, but I know I bet a lot of you guys are. And it's the only way that I've ever heard of where you can get non-inhalation nicotine. That doesn't involve putting a bunch of stuff in your mouth and having to spit every couple of minutes or keeping a, a big wad of tobacco in the side of your cheek or a bunch of nicotine gum or something like that. This is a, it's a toothpick. You can pop it in. You can pop it out. You can take a little bit now. You can save it for later. Pop it back in when you have another craving or anything like that. It just seems like another great option for anybody that smokes or that dips or likes chewing tobacco or something like this. This could be a great alternative for you. That's very easy to, to handle, easy to operate, and that doesn't gross a lot of people out. You know, a lot of people out there don't like smokers, don't like people who smell like cigarettes. I know a lot of women out there are disgusted by uh, people who do chewing tobacco or dip. You know, I used to dip a little bit when I played baseball. And believe me, fellas, the ladies do not like it. All right. I'm, I'm sure they would much rather prefer you just pop a toothpick in your mouth to, to satisfy those cravings. You can pop one of these toothpicks in your mouth, chew on it, suck on it a little bit, whatever you got to do. 
and no one will be none the wiser that you're getting your nicotine fix from the toothpick. They cost less than cigarettes, less than dip, less than chew, and any of the other over-the-counter nicotine alternatives. These are, these will be less expensive. They offer two milligram and three milligram toothpicks, and for five ninety nine you get a twenty pack free shipping. And they also have a flavor bundle, an ultimate flavor bundle. It has all six flavors in twenty count packs. So if you want to try them all, that would be the best way to do it. It's really the best of both worlds <laughs> this day and age, where nowhere in the United States can you smoke a cigarette, right? First it was the, the smoking section, then it was outside the door, then it was 10 feet from the door, now you're like down the street in an alley freezing your balls off. Forget all that. Get yourself some Zipix toothpicks. You can zip more, smoke less. So go to zipixtoothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you'll get 10% off your order. That is Zipix, Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X, toothpicks.com, promo code FICTION. Ramadi, honestly, when I was in Ramadi, was there some action? Absolutely. But it was probably the most boring deployment of my life. I met some really cool people. I've ate some really good food, but outside of, you know, a few pop shots from the enemy and a few pop shots back, it was boring. You know? Yeah. And that's a lot of my deployments. A lot of my deployments are just sitting on my thumbs. <laughs> yeah. I remember my, uh, my grandpa was in the, the army and, uh, he would just tell me stories where it was just like, yeah, I just got up and uh, I got in line for breakfast. I eat breakfast. I got in line for lunch. I'd eat lunch. I got in line for dinner. It's like nothing to do all day long except stand in line and eat. No, but your taxes are paying for that. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> it's, it's funny because there's there's always in Kuwait, Kuwait's the, Kuwait's the country that you go into to climatize to whatever country you're going to for some whatever reason. It's They're all different. But they have MWR tents with gyms and towels and stuff like that. And there's always one person there, one soldier probably couldn't hack it in the real, in the real army and do his job who handed out towels. Here you go, sir. Here you go, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know if those, t- I think those tents are all closed down now. thanks to COVID, but. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about how you, um, progress toward libertarianism and and that sort of whole path how would you describe yourself like what kind of libertarian are you oh right now uh i i think i'm 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 moving very very far into like the ancap uh that that ancap movement just because i i don't know i i don't see a point in having so many people tell me what to do in my house and I don't want that. And I don't want that for my kids. And I don't want that for my grandkids. I don't want that for anybody. Uh, but it's it really it started out probably right around Gary Johnson's election. When well, election the, the attempt the, the candidacy right uh, was when I really started pushing in further into it because the last election before that was uh, Obama, Obama and McCain, and I was in Iraq when Obama was elected. I didn't have faith in either one of them. I had an old geezer who, who fought in Vietnam and, and, you know, God bless his soul. I believe in what he was, I believe in what he was doing, what he think, what I believe that our politicians believe that they know what they're doing and they know what they're doing is right. 
but none of them do. And they need to just all kind of disappear <laughs> from, from the local level up. That's I, I'm here, that. here in Michigan. We actually, I have a local, we have a local official here. He's been on, he's been on city council since as long as I can remember as a kid uh, who has been arrested for drunk driving, uh, sold his government laptop uh, to a pawn shop, uh, had drove down the wrong side of the highway. Like he's just, <laughs> and he gets thrown out of every city council meeting that there is, but yet people still elect him in. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's amazing who gets elected to these offices and just how long they, they stay there. I remember watching like Vietnam documentaries and stuff. And you see a politician who was a politician back in Vietnam and they're yeah. still in there today. Like I remember seeing that guy, like, oh, what was his name? Uh, Charles Rangel or whatever that guy's name was. And he yeah. was in this Vietnam documentary. I was like, Wait, that guy, it's like 40 fucking years ago and he's still there. Well, you see, you see who Biden's trying to bring in now for his, you know, for his, uh, his cabinet, his cabinet members are all people that were part of Obama administration at some point or somewhere, yeah. you know, whether it was a lower guy or not, but the, the new, uh, what he, who he's assigning for us surgeon general was Obama's surgeon general. You can't get any more plain and clear that this is a rigged system and it's a pond of scum. That's just re regurgitating itself. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a swamp. <laughs> somebody was supposed to drain it but. yeah well we see how that, that went <laughs> so uh what, what are you doing with yourself now because you were telling me you got a, a couple cool things going on yeah so uh i work i mean i work in computers that's pretty much i i left the army and i took my skill set that the army gave me uh and i i started working with computers and uh really honing in on trying to use more free market open source things just because uh, Microsoft is owned by Bill Gates or was owned by by owned by Bill Gates, it, he no longer owns it. I guess he puts it in a trust fund of some sort, which he still paid. I don't know. I don't know either. He's more he's more focused on vaccines now. So uh, Microsoft's owned by him. Apple's owned by Apple. What's his name? Tim Cook, and they're just they're two it, computers are a two party system today in the technology world you either get a computer you either get a pc with windows or you get a mac with uh mac os yeah and they control your they control your life you i mean i don't know are you on a pc i'm assuming you're a pc guy i am a pc guy yeah yeah <laughs> i'm i'm actually on a mac right now just because it's my work laptop it's a newer mac so it's easier for me to use the mic but um I really try to use open source on everything else. I have computers and servers and web servers and things like that, that are all Ubuntu. Okay. Wait, what, what was that word? Ubuntu? Yeah. You're going to have to like break this down Barney style for me, man. I know nothing. No, I get it. All right. So Ubuntu is, uh, Ubuntu is, well, the word is actually an African word. And it's something along the lines of like unity or together, togetherness, you know, um, and it's an operating system. So you're looking at a window screen. Uh, my operating system looks slightly different, but it's actually pretty similar to what Windows looks like. It's like a blend. But the, here's the kicker. I didn't pay anything for it. Okay. I don't. It, and a lot of people, a lot of people are buying computers 
and they're spending these thousands of dollars on computers. And what they don't realize is that they're actually just buying the licensing, the licensing for the, so for the software that they're using. Ubuntu is open source. And, the, and what it means by open source and free, free is it's not free beer, it's free thought, right? Is it's open source meaning you can control it. You can manipulate it how you want to manipulate it. And if you don't like it, you can revert back to another way or do something else with it. Ubuntu, actually, the server side is what a lot of the World Wide Web is used. Anywhere you go in the world, anytime you type in a web address, more than likely you're hitting a Ubuntu server. But it's all free and open source. And what happens is that someone takes that free and open source license and they, they make their own product out of it and then they sell it to you for thousands of dollars, their own application, their own. And, and which is cool because, I mean, as a, as a libertarian, I'm all about it. Like if you can make money off of free stuff, do it. But know that there's still another option out there for those who might not be able to afford it or those who uh, don't want it that way. They want to do it something different. There is other options. And uh, I'm still trying to talk my wife into it. She's still, I don't know, she's still kind of blue-pilled on that one. Uh, <laughs> she uses a Mac and and her everyday life. And I try to keep giving her another computer and she's not into it yet. She so how do you get the, this new operating system? Like, how do you yeah. get it? <laughs> uh, well, do you have to build your own computer first? No. In no. fact, you can run it off of a, you can run it off of your laptop right now. Uh, you go to Ubuntu.com and you can download it from there. And it, it's like I said, it's free open source. You can download it right from that webpage um, and install it on your computer. You can install it two ways, right? So one way that it's only that operating system pops up or you have windows and that operating system. Um, I'm not going to say that it, it's hard. It's not, it's, it's actually really easy for anyone who's anyone who can read. Okay. You know, if you can, if you can Eighth read level, figure it out. Right. I mean, and, and that's, that's, well, most technology was built out of somebody who dropped out of eighth grade, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's if you can read and, and have a have an understanding of what's happening, you might not know everything that's going on. I'm perfectly honest. I don't know half the things that are going on when I'm working on a computer, and I, I resort to reading and I, I try to you know find what other people have found or what other people have done to fix an issue. Uh, you know you if you know everything, then there's no point in doing yeah. anything. And so does this mean like, if you have that operating system, there's like less, um, I don't know, like tracking going on or less yeah. throttling of your internet speed and shit oh, like that, or. Yeah, for sure. So if you're running and I'm not saying like Ubuntu is one version, there's so many others. There's, I mean, there's literally millions of different, uh, little flavors of Linux, Unix based operating systems. Okay. Uh, and which Mac OS is a Unix Linux based operating system. They just took what they could and sold it. There's plenty of these flavors out there and you don't have to choose either one of them, but uh, you're less likely to be tracked by Microsoft <laughs> or, or Apple. Uh, and you know, you're, you're doing so much. Like I, I stopped using Google Chrome. I stopped using Google, uh, the web browser. I, I use duck, go, go duck. 
Duck, uh, duck, yeah, duck, 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 yeah. Duck, duck, I don't know if I go to duck.com, it pops up, uh, <laughs> but that's, it, I mean, and I watch, I actually watch some of the trackers that pop up when I'm web browsing, uh, and you can see them being blocked because they're, they're all being blocked in, and a lot of them are Google ad servers. Oh, maybe you could. I, I wouldn't even know what, what that looks like. <laughs> you, you would be able to see it if you're using if if you're using the web if you're using a like on on my phone I use the Duck web app or web browser or whatever. You, it will pop up and say that it's blocked this many people from seeing you. You know. Okay. Um, but the the truth is is that the only the best way to stop being tracked is to not be on the internet. And I guess you have to, you have to accept some kind of risk there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm aware of the risks, I think for the most part, and I've accepted them, but um, they, they do freak me out. And especially with what we've been seeing recently with what's going on on Twitter and, and Facebook with, you know, putting these little creepy election, you know, voter fraud disclaimers at the bottom of things, blocking entire stories. I mean, yeah. it's getting ridiculous. Yeah, I, I tried to I tried to get away from Facebook and Twitter and you know go to Parlor or WeMe. Was it WeMe? I think it's MeWe. Yeah, because I yeah. think we just set one up. Yeah, I mean the only reason I'm on any of this stuff is for the podcast. I, I hate doing it. <laughs> like yeah. I want I want to give all of that social media to somebody else. Um, but yeah, Justin's already media. doing so much work for me. <laughs> I, I need another uh, another lemming to to help me out, but. <laughs> <laughs> we uh yeah we we tried moving to parlor when the whole like right after the election when everybody was moving over there and their servers crashed or whatever and so that just kind of died on the vine we have a me we thing i have no idea i'm guessing it's like pedaling fiction or something like that at pedal fiction do they have handles or i don't know i i, I think i downloaded it and then i looked or i downloaded it as an app on my phone and i went to sign up and i forgot yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was checking the, I was checking our emails today and I got a bunch of like friend requests and stuff from it. So uh, I'll, I'm going to get on there and I'll respond to everything, but somebody, you know, hit me up with some instructions that like a third grader could do. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll print out a walkthrough on how to do it. There you go. I need screenshots too. <laughs> on the, on the iPhone, you can screen record everything. You know, you just screen record it and send it as a video. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be perfect for you. <laughs> Let's take a quick second and thank our other dear, dear, dear sponsor of the show, Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance 
from home. You know, we're all stuck in our houses under these uh, lockdown restrictions. And, you know, some of your schools aren't open. Well, this is a great way to learn a new skill, maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up. So what I need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code FICTION. To get you 10% off. He offers a 30 day money back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code fiction and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code fiction. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't mess with MeWe or WeMe or any of it, really. I, I'm on Twitter more. I'm on Twitter more just for the Libertarian Party. Uh, I, I, like, I like seeing stuff pop up and, you know, some of those follow trains or whatever, they're kind of cool. Uh, you meet some new people or whatever, but I'm on Twitter mostly. You know. Yeah. And, and you're, um, you're trying to get involved in the Libertarian Party, right? What's yeah. Um, well, let's just say that the Libertarian Party is very well known for being unorganized as, as much as we are. Uh, I, I've been trying to reach out to the Libertarian Party in Michigan, my, my home state. And, uh, they haven't responded. And in fact, uh, I, I've had other people reach out to them for me from the party, from other states, and I still haven't received a message from them. Uh, and I really, I just want to know what, I, what it takes to, to be more involved, more engaged. I and mean, there's plenty of, plenty of things. I was looking at my ballot for this past election and the school board, which not that I'm for public schools, but uh, the school board had three people running and you could select three people. What's, what's the point of having an election if just three people are going to run? And I know they're all incumbent, so yeah. it doesn't matter who I'm voting for. They're all going to be there anyway. Yeah. And, and during this whole COVID crisis, they haven't done much. And I've, I've been really, really irking to kind of write them a nice little letter and tell them I'm running against them. But I don't want to make too many enemies in the area. I, I don't know, man. You know, libertarians really need to get involved on the local level. I think yeah. before we try to take on the presidency that we have no fucking chance of ever getting. <laughs> no, that's we're actually sure. going backwards now, getting what, like 1% of the vote or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And, and I agree. I think the local level is where, where it needs to be at anyway. Because as a libertarian, we're not for federal, we're not for big government. Now, I think that there should be some kind of something that unifies our states together, but you know, we're not for big government, we're for smaller government and less spending. And you know, the more yeah. federal government you have, the more spending you have. We, so local government for sure. And then you can get more into grassroots and exactly what the Democratic Party has been doing with their grassroots movement. Yeah. And what we're starting to see a lot of stuff happen on the local level where they're resisting a lot of this, maybe yeah. not a federal order, but, you know, something coming down from the state or, or whatever. And yeah. uh, like, especially out in California, I know there was a, I forget, I think it was Riverside County yeah. where the sheriff yeah. just came out and he's like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. 
Oh yeah, that that sheriff. I, I was thinking about that lady in California, that bar that she's shut down. She's just you know crying for help over there. Yeah. Or the the bar owners in New York there. Um, at the very beginning of this, we had Carl Mankey here in Michigan. He was up you know up closer to Bay City, which is about an hour north of me. Uh, he was a barber shop, and he said, "I'm not going." You know, and and he he's got some pretty hefty bills coming on him now because they there's you know they're they charged him with a bunch of stuff yeah uh and then of course you know my my governor has been very well verbal it's very verbal in the in the country right now and uh someone a group of people try to take her out like that's not the i don't think that's the answer either like, i don't <laughs> but i i kind of i i kind of i feel i feel like at which point do you as as a soldier I'm always ready to fight when I have to fight. Right. Uh, but you know, as a libertarian, I, I, I'm not yet, not aggression, you know, like what am I supposed to do about non-aggression? And at which point, at which point in your rights being taken away does, yeah. You know, know, so that's, that's kind of a hard question to, I think, kind of to ask ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some gray areas in there where, where it becomes like, what is an act of aggression? How long do you have to wait, you know, to get to that point where you get to actually exert yourself? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I mean, we really need to, I think it's not very sexy to focus on, you know, local school board elections or, you know, running for like city council or something. Huh? Is politics really sexy though? I mean, there, I don't know if there's anything sexy about being a politician. It might be sexy to be a senator. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind swapping places with Justin Amash once or twice. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it'd be great if we could get more people in Congress, but you know, um, I think we can really start affecting a lot more change quicker on the local level, especially given these crazy fucking lockdowns and all this shit that they're trying to do. Uh, Going at that from the federal level is going to be a nightmare. It's going to take forever, just like everything else does. And, you know, if we get enough people in the right places on local levels, we can just nullify that shit and, you know, call it a day. Right. No, for sure. That would be, uh, I mean, it'd be nice. It it would be, it would be really nice. There was actually someone I was listening to. I don't remember which podcast I was listening to. I listen to so many podcasts these days, Uh, but he was running for office in Oklahoma somewhere. And he's, I guess the office, he is a hundred percent against, he doesn't even want to do anything within the office. It's just, they needed someone to run and he's all right, I'll run as a libertarian. And he ran and won, you know? So uh, maybe that will, get rid of that excessive spending somewhere there you go yeah we yeah it's weird because you are conflicted being a libertarian and like getting a government job but if we're going to take it down you got to do it from the inside rome fell from the inside right that's not uh the the senators killed caesar right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i am not advocating for violence uh, just absolutely not yeah i understand the impulse but <laughs> for sure no it's uh it, it's hard because i'm like i said i i'm all about your right to own weapons and and defend yourself defend your house but you know there comes there there will come a point in your life when you have to make a decision whether you're going to squeeze the trigger or not 
when do you make that decision with the government? You know, when, when we don't have that right anymore, <laughs> right? I, I, I think, I think back to, to the revolution when that, you know, like in as historically inaccurate as it is that John Adams movie on history channel. I never saw it. I mean, it's a good movie. It's, it's great with action, but I think everyone has their own breaking points. And, and that's kind of what we were kind of how we formed our country, right. Is everyone had their own breaking points. John Hancock, he was completely a loyalist until, uh, until they took his, his house (laughs) property and, and, other people were already fighting and rebelling against it. And now you see people rebelling against it. And Comedy Central comes out with that uh, that skit just on Saturday, not Comedy Central, Saturday Night Live, where they were you know, making fun of people who were rebelling and protesting against these COVID restrictions, you know, calling them big babies. It's a, you're, you're a big baby. They're big babies until it affects you. Like, yeah. I think we, if we had a little more compassion for each other, we would understand that. Yeah. And that's the same argument that they're using for the COVID restrictions. You know, you have to have compassion for the elderly. Think of other people. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thinking of other people, but also my life comes before other people. Yeah. Sorry. And then, you know, we don't all get to uh, you know, act on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, for sure. Actually, like, uh, a good buddy of mine from high school is on that show. Is he? Yeah. He's one of the only funny ones. Oh, I haven't, I haven't watched any of them. I haven't watched it since like Chris Farley. So yeah, I, I honestly, I haven't either. I've, I've seen a couple of his things just because I, yeah, I grew up with him and uh, yeah. actually it's a funny story because he was a fullback in high school. So I was a running back and he okay. like, he used to just fucking wreck people. And I, I was just like, I was small and very fast. So like he would just hit the whole pop a linebacker and then I would just bounce it to the outside and take it to the house. And I remember he was like, <laughs> and uh, my other buddy too, uh, we were both running backs and you know, he came to us when he was um, like going to, like he was going to quit football to go uh, do like acting at second city which is like a famous, you know, Chicago fucking uh, comedy, like stand up or improv uh, comedy place. And uh, we were like trying to talk him out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he's a, like, so it's like a high school musical thing. Got it. Yeah. 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 It was good that he didn't listen to us. (laughs) Only time I've been wrong in the history of uh, the the short history of my life. I promise. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I always tell my kids that, you know, I'm not wrong ever. And when, and if I am, then repeat back to rule number one, you know, I'm never wrong. Although there's, there's times I feel bad sometimes. (laughs) I think, I think our biggest, our biggest thing we should learn is how to uh, learn from our wrongs. Right. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's one thing that the United States has just been absolutely terrible at is learning from mistakes. Uh, we, we never seem to understand the, the actual cause of anything, which is one of the things that led me to libertarianism when like the yeah. economy went to shit again. And no one's like, oh, nobody could have seen this coming. And I was like, wait a minute, th- those guys over there did. They've been talking about it for like 10 years. Right. You're, you listen to them. Yeah, no kidding. You're talking like the... Uh... I can never pronounce any of the words right. 
baby libertarian right <laughs> institute right where the all the austrian economics like they were they were spot on yeah and, and we're still we're still struggling to understand how we're, we're still teaching keynesianism in in every university like every every economics class you basically have to unlearn it if yeah. you really want to understand economics and it's just it's one mistake after another, and we just keep piling on. Uh, but that is that is the nature of government, and you know they they've got us from what is it now, like age three to like yeah. twenty six. <laughs> How well, long I, are these days? I don't know. I I started you know, since pretty much since this whole thing, this whole COVID thing happened. My daughter's been going to school here at home, and you know. Although she still she has that curriculum from the school, she, that's what they're doing. But I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to buy that book that that little series. Uh, oh, the Tuttle Twins. Yeah, the Tuttle Twins. Nice. That's it. Yeah, I'm ready to buy those little that series for her, and because they have like they have a series for little kids all the way up till you're a teenager. How so? How young can you go with that? I honestly I don't know. I think I think it said like kindergarten or first grade or something like that okay but uh i mean if you're homeschooling most kids that are homeschooled they start learning at pre-k you know long before pre-k they start learning everything that's happening in the world uh from you yeah. everything everything that you watch and everything that you listen to is is like four times as much in their heads yes yeah. you know, so and I you gotta, you gotta start early yeah you don't have as much to undo. Yeah, I have a I have a nephew who just turned three, and I'm like, can I get him a Tuttle Twins book for Christmas? Or do it because well, the thing is, is if if you're is it your sister or your brother? It's my I said I got three sisters, so yeah, okay, no so, brothers. The question would be, is your sister gonna read the book to him? That's the ultimate thing. Yeah, I don't know because if he's if she's not, then it's my just old man will though. He uh, they usually drop him off with my my parents because they're um. There, she's a nurse, and her, uh, her, I don't know what you call him, her baby daddy. Is a, yeah, he's a doctor, so you know they're they're both like on the twelve on twelve off thing, well, and um, so they'll they'll drop him off with my parents. My dad will read him that shit, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your your dad's pretty staunch uh, staunch libertarian there. Uh, he he's he's more of a Republican, staunch Republican, but he's like. Yeah, he's he's red pilled on a lot of stuff, but the economics especially. Just very. Uh, he's not like a neocon. But he's like just what the Republicans preach to be. That's what he yeah. is. Yeah, and that's you know I I think that's I think that's true for a lot of people who subscribe to the conservative Republican views. Is they they subscribe to it based on what is preached it as you know, what, what the Republicans say they are, not what they do only right. because nobody's actually reading any of the legislation that they're passing. They're just going, yeah, we need that. No, they tried, did, didn't uh, Rand Paul try to pass a read the bill act and yeah. they wouldn't even fucking do that. Yeah. I yep. mean, it's unbelievable. And it, you know, the, the thing with that, I drives me crazy about the Republican party is that they give all of these brilliant ideas such a bad name because they talk about them until they're blue in the face while they're doing the exact opposite. And yeah. then everybody else gets to point to that, what they're saying and be like, see, it, it didn't work. Deregulation and free markets. This is all a disaster. <laughs> right. 
Uh, but as long as the and the thing is, as long as the title has something on there that you can either agree or disagree with, that's all that matters. So you know, it doesn't matter if in within the legislation it says you'll kill a hundred puppies. In the title of the legislation, the give at. everyone free health care. Like, well, everyone has to agree with free health care. Like, no, no, you don't. Like, hundred puppies are gonna die. Like, what do you? <laughs> Yeah, like that whole, I, I remember like voting against the anti-lynching bill. There was a bunch yeah. of other shit in there. And it's like, oh, you must be anti, anti-lynching. And, and, and that's like, that's no, no, no. They use, they use race baiting into their, into the legislation. Yeah. Like, I'm not racist just because I think that, you know, we don't need a stimulus. <laughs> it's not the, that's, that's not my point. I, I don't think we need a stimulus because who's going to pay for that? They can, Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It's they'll, or, they'll find racism anywhere. It, it really is unbelievable. Exactly. And, and, and I, I, I love those people who go, Oh, you're racist. And do you know what racism really is? Like, you're I, I don't know anymore. It. I mean, well, it's way too no. vague now. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's hard. And I've had conversations about like, uh, just our history in general. Like my, my neighbor, he's a history teacher. And we've, we talk on a regular basis. And one of the conversations that comes up all the time, cause he's very big into the, uh, into the civil war is it wasn't just about slaves. No. Like, it, I mean, it played a part, right. But it was more about states rights than anything else. And that's, in fact, that's why Robert Lee became a general in the South and not the North yeah. because he saw Virginia going to the south that's it yeah but you can't you can't have these like nuanced you know multiple threaded ideas or anything like that it's got to be black and white like yeah. pun intended i guess <laughs> um <laughs> no that's that's true it, it is it's it's and it's hard because how do you get anything done within legislation if you're gonna if if you're just going to point fingers and call somebody a name because they don't agree with you. Like that's not democracy. That's not the democracy that I've agreed that I thought that I was signing up for and signing up to defend. That's not the democracy that the majority of the military has signed up to defend. Like it's well, nobody really believes in democracy when you get right down to it. I mean, this election is the perfect example. There's yeah. like all kinds of like really shady shit that went on. Now we're, we're getting like actual like video evidence of them, like sneaking in a bunch of ballots and shit. And nobody cares as long as it's your guy, they don't exactly. care. And you know, it's really just the fucking lobbyists writing all this legislation anyway, the, you know, it, it, the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. The politicians just get paid off by the lobbyists. The lobbyists write the legislation to, to give them the edge over whatever competition. I mean, yep. dude, these lobbyists, they have like, they have like $25,000 a month retainers. Yeah, no, they're, they're, ridiculous. Mul- you know, it, it's just like, I'm, that, I'm that's, that's like standard. Like I, so my wife and I, we've, because of this, not just because of this, actually long before uh, COVID even hit, we were really reaching, researching into pharmaceutical companies and vaccines and what actually happens with vaccines. If you're injured by a vaccine, like good luck proving it, good luck getting any kind of money or compensation from it or good luck, anything for it, you know, and 
Uh, and that's because of pharmaceutical companies and their lobbyists and pushing it all the way down the throats of the American people and forcing you to get a vaccine that you might not necessarily need. Yeah. You know, like when was your last time you got your tetanus shot? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I actually stepped on like a rusty nail. It was a couple of years ago in Mexico and it went like all the way through my shoe into my foot. And I was like, oh man, I haven't had a tetanus shot in like God knows how long. Eh, it'll be fine. Everybody's yeah. like, oh, let's go to the casino. And I was like, all right, fine. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Here I am still alive. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you seem like you got something. something I'm a little crazy. Up. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely yeah. losing it, but <laughs> I figure I got a few more years before, before the Mexican <laughs> rust nail really takes me down. <laughs> no, oh, man, that's, that's funny. I was actually, I was watching a old black and white TV show. Uh, you remember Barney Fife at all ever? Like, no, no. Oh, Sounds familiar uh, though. I was, I watched, I watched, uh, that one show, the Andy Griffith show. That's the name of it. The Andy Griffith show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's why I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was watching that show with, with my daughter one night or one day, actually, we were getting ready to go to church or something. I can't remember where we were going, but, uh, I was like, well, let's just watch this for a little bit. We got some time to kill. And the episode was, you know, basically Barney Fife, the sheriff deputy drove up there with the, with a doctor to somebody who hasn't had their tetanus shot yet to force him to get his tetanus shot. And at the end of the story, you know, he ends up dying of tetanus or something like that. And moral of the story is you didn't get your tetanus shot. You died. That's such prof- like false prophetic BS. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're making the problem. You're, you're making the cure before the problem so that you can sell the cure to get so much, so much more. Like it's all about money. It's all about profit. And, um, I'm looking forward to Pfizer and Moderna. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, the, this, this vaccine stuff is, is a little fucking creepy to me. Yeah, and I, I know they're going to try to force me. I, I'm not going to be able to travel unless I have a vaccine thing. And, uh, I don't know, man, I, I'm just not taking it. <laughs> at which point does that, at which point does that, you know, step all over your fourth amendment, right? Immediately. I would say yeah. Because I mean, you have to be able to, uh, <laughs> you have you have to be able to travel. Uh, I don't care if like if flying on a plane that's a privilege, right? You're using a company. A company tells you that you have to do this or that, whatever. That's a company. Eventually, you'll go out of business for doing that in a free market, right? In a true free market. Yeah, Eventually, when they're not getting bailouts from the federal government. <laughs> exactly. But if I have to walk somewhere, then whatever. I, I, I'll take. I'll walk. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think we have to grapple with because a lot of the people that are going to be doing most of the oppression now looks like it's companies that are in bed with the government. I mean, I don't even know if we have any truly free companies anymore, at least not on like the, the, the grand scale, you know, big companies that are getting bailed out Uh, pretty soon. I think the fed is just going to be buying stock in these companies and it's like a backdoor through nationalizing all like almost everything. And if you're getting, you know, 80, hundred billion dollars from the federal government for free, I mean, like how, how can we call that a a free company? And it's going to come with strings attached. It's going to be like, okay, well now you have to have this, you have to have that. And they have to have this stamp on their passport and all all kinds of shit, man. But you know, our, our, our 
people, the people who will allow this to happen, they just see on that, when we give those bailouts, they just see, oh, they're giving that money to them for so jobs. They can, for security, for job security, for the safety of airplanes and, and avionic, you know, avionics. Like, yeah. Yeah. They, they really care about all those airline workers. Yeah. No, the, the seatbelt law was not to give you, you know, to protect you and be safe. The seatbelt law was to give money to the, to the automobile companies so that the automobile companies will stay in their state or stay in their city and produce what they want. Like that yeah. was, well, and then they love it because, you know, everybody has the exact same seatbelt. They don't have to worry about redesigning it or anything. I mean, who knows how many deaths we could save if there was a free market in seatbelts. I mean, right. We had the same exact seatbelt for what since like the fucking fifties. I don't know when the first yeah. seatbelt came out. <laughs> I don't know either. I mean, I don't. I don't know. The Certainly, my entire life, they've been exactly the same. Right. Uh, I think. I think they changed a little bit. Like the the metal buckle or whatever is no longer the metal buckle. The button now it's like a red button on a plastic. But okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know. You like, got me. <laughs> I I don't know anything about seatbelts. I'm just saying. Like it's uh, it, you're right. It's not a, everything is, everything is just perpetual and it's, they constantly going left and right of where we're going to put this money and what we're going to spend this money on. And how can we, how can we screw the little guy? Yeah. How, how can we use it to control them? Um, you know, yeah. increase our power and man, are, are they doing an unbelievable job of that? <laughs> Yeah, no, um, it, it really is. I, I can't believe we've come as far as we have just in the in the last like nine months or whatever, however long it's been. Yeah, unbelievable. I, I still like think back to just last year when none of this existed. And it seems like a decade ago. Yeah, no, I, I mean, when you think about it, like 9-11 was 2001. It's now 2020. Yeah, and we still have those stupid, ridiculous, those stupid, ridiculous restrictions on putting your your water bottle or your toothpaste in a little bottle that's clear, so right. that you can see what's in your Crest toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? Like what? And I, I was on my way back from California to Michigan one year, uh, and I was I was in uniform, and I got stopped. They stopped me. Like normally, I walk through. I don't have to take my boots off because putting on boots and uniforms a pain in the ass. And if you're running late for your plane, you're never going to get your boots on in time. And uh, they stopped me and had me try to take my boots off, you know, so they can search me. I, I was the lucky number, whatever that means. Yeah, you've been, you've you been selected for extra screening. Yeah. Luckily, there was a guy that, you know, came up and I guess he was a little more, he had a little more power and a little more bars on his shoulder, came over and said, no, 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 hey, no, no, no. keep your boots on, you go. What, what are you guys doing? I'm like, God, like, how else am I going to sneak all this beer on? <laughs> right. And it, it just, it really is unbelievable. Like once they get something in there, it never goes away. The TSA yeah. will be here forever. The, yeah. the Patriot Act will be here forever. It's going to keep getting renewed. And it's not just going to get renewed. It's going to be expanded upon. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and it's going to be for the safety of the citizen, you know, of course. Uh, and, of course, who cannot be, you know, who's against the safety of the American citizen? Oh, yeah, that's the other reason why they shouldn't be able to name these bills. It's like whatever they my rule is, whatever they name the bill, the exact opposite is what's in there. Yeah, so it's like 
the Patriot Act is the least patriotic act of all time. <laughs> like, yeah, I think you said that a couple of shows ago, actually. I was listening to us, and you know you're absolutely right. That's so true, Johnny. Yeah. Because, the Heroes Act. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the Heroes Act. Uh, who who are you saving? Like, I'm not, I mean, you're gonna give me money, I'm gonna put it in my pocket. Uh I'm gonna do something but, with it. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm yeah, we'll do something with it. But it's uh like I'm not gonna I'm not going to say no to it, but at the same time, it, I shouldn't have to say no. Like, you shouldn't yeah. be giving it to people. Right. <laughs> Open businesses, allow people to work, and call it good. Yeah. I mean, Those I can't even – some yeah. of the, the – uh, how tone deaf these, like, governors are, where they're, they're coming out with these tweets saying, like, oh, you know, we need to support small businesses this Christmas season or something. It's like, dude, you, you shut down all the small businesses. There's nothing right. left that we can go to except Amazon. Right. It's just like, man, I, they got a lot of balls on these politicians, man. You got to hand it to them. They have no shame. Well, you know, we, we, we live the, by this, this creed here by, by Michigan, by MI, my, my, MI, you know, and you're, you're absolutely right. Everything's shut down. Like everything has been shut down in April. Everything got shut down and things slowly opened back up because there was a little contention about it, but then everything got shut back down again because, oh, there was a spike. Right. Well, we, and for, for the longest time, everyone has been saying that this is going to happen. You're going to shut down everything and everyone's going to go back out to their business again. And there's going to be a spike again because it will, it didn't seriously die off. It didn't die off. And you're doing nothing more than hurting people's immune systems. Yeah. I mean, there's literally nothing worse that you could do. Like yeah. sit around on the couch, eat, takeout food. Don't get any sunshine, no exercise, like just veg out in front of the fucking TV. Yeah. I mean, it's like literally every underlying condition that causes complication with COVID is from doing exactly that. Just like double fisting cheeseburgers, sitting on your ass, playing video games. It's it's not like, against that either. I mean, I'm okay with that too, but. <laughs> no, I mean, hey, I, I love a, a video game and a cheeseburger as much as the next guy, but it's like. Dude, you can't just like force people to sit around and then when they when they get morbidly obese, you, you close all the gyms, they can't exercise. In California, you can't even walk down the street anymore, apparently. Right. No, it's yeah, like, no, it's stupid. I, I don't know, man. It, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for something really big to happen. And it's gonna be, and the thing is that these the people that are going to do it are either far right or far left. That's how they that's how it works. They're and they're they're gonna be they're going to be demonized and they're going to, they're going to be made the enemy by the rest of the population. And they're going to go, they're racist white supremacist group is attacking the governor. Like who cares what their organization represents? The fact that people are actually standing up against the government is what should matter. Like I, and yeah. I, I don't want that to be either, but let's be realistic. The people that actually have a thought for themselves tend to be in the middle and we all, don't want to fight. <laughs> we, we don't want that fight. No, so I, I, we all just want to go back to living our lives, or at least most of us do. It, it amazes me that so many people are complicit in this. <laughs> and, and there are, there's people that are like, I, businesses are opening back up. I, I was actually looking and just because I like to keep a pulse on the market, not because I'm looking for a new job, but uh, 
I like to keep a pulse on the market and I'm looking and I see all these opportunities with my, my title, my job description and everything open. And like, there's plenty of people who can fill those positions. They're just, too, they just don't want to. Why, why would you, when you're making that, when you're making that money or more sitting on your ass at home with your kids, you know, playing yeah. video games. Right. And, and then the continuation of the dumbing, the dumbing down of our nation, because our kids aren't able to learn anything, you know? know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's getting pretty scary out there. Yeah. But, uh, well, you're lucky to be in Mexico because I am now trying to figure out how to, how to get out of this country. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm coming back for Christmas in like three weeks or something like that. And I'm already starting to freak out a little bit and I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to leave once I get there. You're going to be locked down here. You're from Chicago area. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to go back to Chicago. I got a condo there that I kind of have to deal with because it's just been sitting there since basically July. And, uh, but I'm going up to Milwaukee to, to see my parents and, uh, my sister, my nephew for Christmas. And then, um, yeah, after I I tie up a few loose ends there, I'm going to get the hell out again. I'll, I'll probably come back down around here somewhere. Well, what we need to do as libertarians, we need to organize, which doesn't seem to be our forte, but we need to organize and uh, find a certain spot, maybe in our country, maybe in another country, and just hunker down. And- yeah, you know, they, they have that uh, free state project over in, is it New Hampshire? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked into that. What is, what is that one? Yeah. So I I believe it's New Hampshire and it's like, it's basically exactly what you just said. It's like, try to get every libertarian to move to a a state that we can just sort of uh, take over essentially politically and create like a a libertarian society. We should, we totally should. I mean, free state project, look into it. I mean, I've never been to New Hampshire, so I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) I'm getting pretty acclimated to the tropical climates down here. Sure. Yeah. It's like it's like seventy eight degrees, and I'm getting cold now. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's yeah, pathetic, no, man. You're, you're definitely acclimated. I, I, when yeah. I came back over, when I came back over from Iraq, my first tour overseas, we landed in Michigan, and it was snowing out, and I was cold, man. I I was shivering. I had to step outside. I wanted to step off step off the bus to go smoke a cigarette, and I watched my first sergeant step off the bus, and this dude smoked like packs like cartons in one sitting. He got off to smoke a cigarette. He takes two puffs, puffs, throws it and goes, it's cold and gets back on the bus. Like, no, hey, you, you guys got to get some Zipix toothpicks. Yeah. Zipix toothpicks. That's Have you ordered bad. yours yet? No, not yet. Well, I'm not even, I actually, I don't, I don't smoke anymore now. So oh, okay. I'm, I'm all clean. I don't need nicotine, but. Yeah. He's got caffeine once. You like coffee? I love coffee. Coffee is my. And now, now I got conflicting uh, sponsors. Lorenzotti's <laughs> going to kill me. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I was looking at Lorenzotti's uh, yesterday. I might order quite a bit of Lorenzotti's. I think that that's an awesome. No, that's the price for coming on. I forgot to tell you. Oh, I got to buy it? Yeah, all right. You have to buy something from our sponsors. <laughs> all right, done. I'll, I'll get that coffee. What can I say? I, I think I'm running low on coffee anyway. We'll be, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some great, great holiday bundles in there. You can stock up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready for those. All right, man. Well, uh, I don't know if you got anything you want to plug or if, if there's anything uh, you want people to do to try to help you get involved with the Libertarian Party. 
Yeah. Uh, well, who do, who do, uh, who do I need to sick our minions on? I, I, whoever's in charge of the Michigan Libertarian Party. I have no idea. Who that <laughs> our is. chairman at the Libertarian Michigan Party. I don't know. I've, I've been, uh, the, the email address I use is chair dash LP, you know, whatever M I, but it's not a, I don't know. I think the best thing we would do is for everything is to, I, I share a lot of stuff. I retweet stuff all the time. Uh, so follow me, you know, whatever. Is it follow or yeah. uh, follow on Twitter, right? Yeah. What's so your Twitter me. handle? It's at I Aaron three, five, seven. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thanks for coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Johnny. All right. Aaron Gardner, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Anytime you want to come back on, hit me up. We'll, uh, we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Take care. Later. All right. Well, that was the interview with Aaron Gardner. Pretty fun guy, man. It's, uh, it, it's fun to meet a listener and like uh, just somebody with an interesting story. I don't get to meet a lot of, um, active or former military. I don't know why really, I guess just the circles I run in don't have a lot of them, but that, that was fun. And, um, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Follow Aaron at whatever he said his handle was. I can't remember. It's getting kind of late here. And um, if you want to become a supporting listener of the show, go to pedalingfictionpodcast.com. Don't forget to check out our sponsors. They got a lot of nice gifts for the holidays. You got Lorenzotti Coffee, Zipix, Toothpicks. You got Photo IQ. Get somebody some uh, knowledge classes for, for Christmas, and that will pay dividends in the long run. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. It will just be me. I don't think we have another interview scheduled for a while. So you'll be stuck with me for the next uh, couple of weeks. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.